Hello everyone, this is Nurse Anna coming to you from NurseStudy.net and tonight we're going to be talking about gastroesophageal reflux or GERD. Um, but what I want to do first is kind of differentiate because they have GER and GERD out there and I kind of want to start with GER without the D um, and then we'll move into the other. So gastroesophageal reflux, G-E-R, GER, GER occurs when gastric contents in the stomach come up into the esophagus. It is not uncommon for any person like you or I to have an episode of GER. Sometimes GER occurs more than once in our lifetimes, but if it starts to occur more than twice a week, then usually the healthcare practitioner will give you a diagnosis of gastroesophageal reflux disease. So usually GER has to occur more than twice a week, and then we can actually move on to GERD with the D at the end. So we're now we're going to talk about gastroesophageal reflux disease, GERD. GERD occurs when there is frequent backflow of gastric contents from the stomach or bile contents from the small intestine back into the esophagus. So normally when a patient eats food, the lower esophageal sphincter, called LES, located at the bottom of the esophagus, relaxes and actually allows food to travel into the stomach. The sphincter will then close and keep food products in the stomach for digestion. But when the sphincter does not function normally, well, the stomach acid is able to backflow back into the esophagus, and with continuous backflow of gastric acid, the lining of the esophagus will eventually become inflamed and irritated. This condition it can also be called esophagitis. As esophagitis continues, the esophageal, esophageal lining is worn away, causing esophageal narrowing, bleeding, or even a precancerous condition called Barrett's esophagitis. Signs and symptoms. The signs and symptoms of GERD include heartburn. Now, this is the major symptom, and you'll probably see it on almost everything you study. This is a burning sensation in the chest and this can spread to the throat and even cause a sour taste in the mouth. There's dysphagia, which is basically difficulty swallowing. You can have some chest pain. You can have some dyspepsia, which is basically indigestion. You can have a hoarse throat or hoarseness. Acid reflux, which is regurgitation of food or sour liquid feeling like something is in the throat, and a dry cough. The risk factors of GERD. So certain patients are at risk for getting GERD, and they are those who have or are obese, pregnant, patients who smoke, chronic dry mouth, asthma, hiatal hernias, which is the top of the stomach goes up into the diaphragm, connective tissue disorders, diabetes, and delayed gastric emptying. Complications. The chronic inflammation of GERD can lead to the following complications. Esophageal stricture. This is actually scar tissue that is formed from the acid that is backed up into the esophagus. The scar tissue narrows the esophagus and can cause difficulty in swallowing. An esophageal ulcer. The gastric acid that backs up into the esophagus can cause an open sore in the esophagus. The ulcer that is formed can not only bleed, but can cause pain and difficulty in swallowing. Barrett's esophagus. This is a precancerous condition which intestinal tissue replaces tissue that lines the esophagus. 
This condition can develop into a cancer that is rare called esophageal adenocarcinoma. Diagnosis. Well, usually a detailed history will help the physician to diagnose the disease. So patient presentation of symptoms and endoscopy may be done to visualize the esophagus and stomach. They could use some pH testing for 24 hours to see if, um, if the patient has GERD even though they have a normal endoscopy. They could do an upper GI series or even a barium swallow. So some of the treatments and nursing interventions, patients tend to use over-the-counter medications in the beginning of GER or GER to help with a discomfort. If the symptoms do not get better, then they usually see the physician and the physician may order the following. They would say, please keep your head elevated. We want gravity to work for us here. We want to keep the gastric contents in the stomach. We want to avoid coffee, alcohol, smoking, peppermint, chocolate, fried fatty foods, and carbonated beverages. Now for NCLEX questions, there is a, a lot of questions that have to do with chocolate in GERDs. Well, you want the patient to avoid chocolate. We're going to be giving proton pump inhibitors and antacids um, to the patient because we want to keep those acid levels down. We want to have a low-fat, high-fiber diet, and we want to teach patients to avoid eating two hours before bedtime. We want to avoid anticholinergics as they may delay gastric emptying. We want to avoid NSAIDs and other medications that contain aspirin as they can increase the frequency of ulcers and upper GI bleeding. Surgery may be needed in extreme cases, such as a fundoplication, which is the wrapping of some of the gastric fundus around the sphincter area of the esophagus. So I hope this information on GERD was helpful. Don't forget to visit our Facebook page at NurseStudyNet or online at NurseStudy.net for more nursing topics. This is Nurse Anna, hoping you have a really great week.